What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Tuesday Track Talk, episode number eight already. Uh, my name is Kellen. I am your Jackman with the channel. I'm Cam. I am your tire changer. I'm also Cam, and I am your gas man. So kind of diving into what's going to be today, we're going to talk everything championships from the NASCAR's top three series um, and we're all sprint cars. So we're going to kind of dive into what is everything championships as we go through kind of what is now going to be the off season here um, with just a few crown jewels left, um, especially on the super late model side. So kind of before we get into it, uh, what's new, fellas? What do we know today? I went to another kind of bad Packer game last Sunday. I mean, it was a win, but it wasn't pretty by any means. Win's a win. Yeah. Take them when you can get them. Badgers, Badgers struggled again. I think that's just the growing pains of a new staff, a new system, a new OC, a new DC. It's a new football program. Correct, top to bottom, pretty much. And that, and we've got a lot of starters missing. So it's Chimray DK doesn't play, Braylon Allen doesn't play, Tanner Mordecai doesn't play. Um, maybe just kind of still working on a little continuity with pieces moving and coming and going. So still fun to watch. Whether painful or not, we'll watch it. That's what we do. I think but, at this point, I think all of us are kind of looking forward to the Minnesota game. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> There but, is yeah. what's left on the season. Look, we were clearly wrong at how quickly we thought this could get turned around and whatever. But I'm going to tell you guys one thing. What I think is going to happen is <clears throat> I was watching Fickle's press conference from Monday, and you can clearly tell he's getting he's getting frustrated with what's going on. Like yeah. mental errors, you know, stuff like that. Like he's getting to the point where like he's not lashing out, but like you can clearly tell. And I'm gonna go out and limb and say this team's gonna get a wicked overhaul this offseason. He came in, he did his job, keep as many players as he can. He's got one year with all these people to see what this team's actually got. And now he's been here for one year. He kept the majority of the team here. Now he knows what he's got. And his new staff, I think this offseason, you're going to see him churn and burn. Yep. He's, he's got a year of tape on these boys. All right. Yep. You, six full starts, four holding calls. Yep. We're bringing in a left tackle. You, cinder blocks for feet, right tackle. Gave up six sacks on the year. Yep. We're going to go get one of those in the portal too. So. <laughs> I think I think it's just going to be a matter of time, and you know I think we all had really high expectations, but I don't. I think it's just it's part of the part of growing pains, and he still is the right guy for the job, one hundred and fifty percent. But I guess we just underestimated in what is whatever. I feel like we really underestimated what this rebuild is going to be. Well, that we thought, could, we thought he could come in here and turn this thing around in one year. It's going to be a two, maybe even three year rebuild. But yeah, and I think when we looked at all the superstar superpower we brought in, 
that's not Wisconsin like. So I think that added to the hype a little bit, you know. Yeah. With the transfers and bringing in Phil Longo and um, all that stuff. So I think we do have the pieces and we do have the personnel. We do have the minds to do it. I think it's just we were maybe a bit more optimistic than what we really hoped for. So I don't know that we quite have the personnel yet, which is why I think we quite are a little bit struggling. But y'all know what the crazy part is? This team is going to go eight and four at best in the regular season and get to a music city bowl and play a nobody. And we're going to be hyped and hopefully win that. But the wild thing is, is this team might go eight and four next year. We might be seven and five and our team is drastically better. True. Next year you're playing Alabama, Penn state, Oregon, Iowa. The schedule is drastically different. Night and eight different. They're going down Murder's Row next year. And <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, but we'll see. Time will tell. Well, we got time will tell. Let's here. Fickle get the boys right. Yeah, uh, he'll get the guys. It's, he it's just going to take a little bit longer than I think everybody expected. So, for sure. That's our regular Packer Badger update before we kind of get into the racing. So let's kind of dig into it a little bit here. So we'll we'll start on on the dirt and kind of look at um, what was the World Outlaws weekend. Um, let's start with the super late models or dirt late models um, as you look at the weekend. Any interesting takeaways as we look at those points, kind of recapping the – Finally. Well, obviously Bobby Pierce ran away with the title. I mean, it was it was everybody was there that weekend just to go trophy hunting. Yeah. Um I'm looking at the driver points here. So there were let's see, one two. there were eight drivers that ran the entire season, which was 38 races, and Bobby P won 14 of those 38 races. He had oh. top five in 25 of those races and top tens in 32 of those races. So he was winning one out of every two or three. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Next closest, well, there was two of them. Chris Mann, he was third. He had three wins. And then Ryan Gustin also had three wins. But as far as consistency goes, Chris Mann was the next consistent one. Right. But, yeah, I, I just think- ran away with the title, but – yeah, so for formality for him to have to just take basically take a green flag to win the championship. Um, yep. But I think kind of when you look at the storylines, I think <clears throat> kind of a, a big storyline, I think, when you look at it, is going to have to be Mike Marler with Skyline Motorsports. Yep. Uh, he hopped in that ride, and he didn't miss a beat. Um and he made it even bit faster than what he was with Delk, um, which was crazy. So you think we need a whole new crew, a whole different setup, and all that other stuff to run with a whole new program. Um, the dude showed that he's going to be somebody, if, if he decides to run with the series next year, he could be somebody that could have a say in, in a series if he can put out that type of performance consistently. Um, uh. So. So he led night one. He won the 
the first night, led 34 laps of that one in the 35-lap race. Second night, he finished sixth, gained five positions in that race, and then finished second uh, on Saturday night. So, Gained yeah. three positions. So he constantly gained positions, or at least one each one of those races. So he had a, a, a First, a sixth, and a second in three days. I would say that's pretty damn good. Yeah, pretty solid. Um, I mean, looking at the race results, too, um, I guess one of the things that I thought was good thing Bobby Pierce did some work in the in, throughout the regular season because he set it up and drove it like he had the season wrapped up. That's for sure. I mean, night one, he went 11th to 13th. Night two, he went 15th to 11th. And night three, I think he finished sixth. Yes, he went 11th to sixth. So you're spitting all those, uh, the old tire changer was spitting out all those statistics on top fives, top tens, and two of the nights there, he's not even in the top ten. So um, kind of interesting dynamic. I don't know, you know, what the thought process was. You definitely would think that, they're going there to win it, but maybe it's hey, just missed it. We're getting a getting a big payday. Let's be missed competitive, it. or trying something for next year. Yeah, you got a little bit of a cushion to play with. Yeah, knowing you could try something a little different and maybe see if that you strike gold. But yeah, you, know, you walk walk a fine I, line. Honestly, yeah. I think it, I think it'd either be trying something or missing it because. The way Bobby Pierce has drove that car the entire year, nothing would lead me to think that he would be just content taking the green flag and collecting the big check for the for winning the series. So, right, would lead me to think a swing and a miss. But like you guys said, hey, maybe we're gonna throw something at the car we haven't tried in a while and the style track and just yeah. don't work. Another guy that had a really good weekend was Chris Chris Madden. He finished second, third, and second, I believe. Yeah, second, third, and third. He finished second, third, and third on the weekend. And when he finished second on on Friday, he said, we're going to win one of these races this weekend. And, well, he kind of overshot his shot there a little bit. But he 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 had another fast car. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, for sure. I think kind of, um, so that's, uh, again, and he's kind of stated his stance on the world outlaw schedule with all the Northern stuff, but, uh, um, again, a guy that mid season made a chassis change. You got to remember that too. So, uh, he went from, from rocket to Longhorn. So, um, maybe a guy that's just finding a stride with a new setup, um, a little bit there. Yes, yeah, so kind of the other little storyline with that for the weekend. He was quick at Cedar Lake too. He won. A, he won one of the nights. Yeah, he won the. I think it was the night. first night he won. Yeah, yeah, first night I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Thought he won a race the night I. Because you Maybe guys it was Friday. First, I think I think he won a Friday night race. Oh, let's see. Now I got to find it here. He was I think it was a Friday night race because that's when we had the old Nick. Correct. Hoffman. It was Friday night. Yep. We had the Nick Hoffman, Chris Madden debacle. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. We were walking around the pits. Um, but yeah, no, maybe just the guys find a stride a little bit there. But I think the other storyline to go along with that is um Ricky Thornton Jr. shows up again. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he had to know that when he's showing up with a a brand new race car. Well, a one race old race car. Yeah. Um, and that team has just been otherworldly again this year. So took home a cool forty thousand over the weekend. Wow, yeah. and win money there. Then. Yeah, I think that was a little bit of a revenge tour after the way the Lucas Oil finished up. Yeah, I ain't gonna let an outlaw guy win this weekend. Yeah, he just said, uh, "Hang on, fellas, that was that was a pure bad luck scenario. I'm still here." Hey, so. quick question while we're on this topic, talking about this, quick hitter for you guys. How do you guys feel about these other series being able to run the championship races? Like it or not? Oh, you mean like not no? Like are, are you okay? Like are you okay with things? Are you okay with the World Outlaw guys running the Lucas Oil Championship weekend? Or are you okay? And are you okay with Lucas Oil guys showing up the following weekend and run the World Outlaws Championship weekend? Yeah, I'm looking like at. I'm fine with it, especially like on the world of outlaws side of things. I mean, given, yeah, you had the Lucas oil guys or non out. Well, yeah. Lucas oil guys sweep the weekend for the late models at char at in Charlotte, but you still had the outlaws competing for the championship. So it's not like a Lucas oil guy is, is getting in the mix of the championship battle by any means. So yeah. I got, I got no problem with it. Yeah, I mean, it. it just I think it adds to the field too. Yeah, especially on weekends that, like, when you look at it, the dirt track world championships, like that is, it is a crown jewel. And when guys have achievements on their bio, it's how many dirt track world championships have you won. So I think, um, it adds a draw both yeah. ways, and I, I'm I'm glad that they're separate weekends. Yes. Yeah, they can both run both. And, that's, and I've said that in the past, too, is that if you can get, sure, is it fine to run them on the same weekend? Absolutely. But if you can get the crown jewels to line up where, you know, those guys can go run it on a certain weekend that their original series is off, more power to them. And I think that's great for racing if they can do that. Absolutely. So, um, sticking with the World Outlaws, we'll just go sprint cars. So, um, <clears throat> we're going to say this. Potentially for the final time, Brad Sweet wins the World Outlaws Sprint Car title. So he takes home his fifth championship. Um, so obviously with the news today, yesterday, today, press conference came out today. Um, with the high limit racing, not sprint cars, high limit racing, um, coming out with nope. – we're going to be a touring series and Brad Sweet has already committed to run that um, as well. So we kind of get to crown Brad Sweet world outlaws champ for the fifth time, fifth and final time. So um, he had, it, it was, it wasn't as easy as. It came down to the final night. I mean, yep. it was, and, it was in his favor, but it came down to the final night. And gravel ran well. He, no well, he won it. first. He won Thursday night. Ran really good yeah. on Friday to close the gap up a little bit. He closed so, the gap more on Thursday than he did on Friday. Um, but then, yeah, Sweet just came out and said, all right, I'm just not even going to make him worry about it. 
gonna go and run my race. Give it gravel gate fourteen. He went from twenty first to seventh on on Saturday night. So I mean, he he wouldn't go go down. He was gonna go down fighting. That's for sure. Yeah. So a little more of a storyline there, but uh, and sweet stole it from Abreu too. Yeah, for sure. He led three laps in that race. Yep. So that kind of wraps up what was the the World Outlaws uh, title weekend. Um, so we'll kind of jump down to um, we'll jump down to the last kind of national smaller national tour, and we'll go ahead and jump into ASA Stars. So we'll go back to um, the asphalt. So um, All American Four Hundred at Nashville, and while we had a few storylines there um, with the week. Oh, my. Well, first off, it started in qualifying with Butcher making it into the top six. Yep. Or no, sorry, top five in order to get points. Yep. And Majeski missed out, so he closed the gap up a little bit there. And with the point system, is all right, you're going to have to pay attention to where everybody's running with stage points and laps led. And... Yeah. So he closed it up, and going into that feature, it was, what, a three-point gap, right? Uh, five, five. He okay, gained five. three. He gained three points in qualifying. Okay. Yep. There we go. Yeah. So he he gained a few points there and, and five points and especially them, the way they hand out points like it's candy. Um, <laughs> it it kept it interesting the whole time. Um, you don't know if you're getting Kit Kat Smarties or fucking Twizzlers dumb, or Dum Dums. <laughs> dumb Dums. Yeah. There you go. Dum Dums. That's a good way to put it. Thanks. <laughs> um. But I think so. Majeski wins the national tour um, championship, but that doesn't go without saying there were some scary moments for we're going to say a lot of the field. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, lap two twelve restart. You got the guys come around. Actually, butcher you kind of get stacked up, runs somebody not over, but runs into them. Going to have to assume that knocked the radiator, oil system, whatever it was out of oh, that car. Yeah, that entire front end was destroyed. And, it was just so hard because when you watched it live, you could see the, the fluid just dragging from all, underneath the car. Yeah, like, you could see that line going around. You could around. see kind of the, the mist in the line, and it just felt like it was so obvious. But race director said, no, we're going to let it run, and the guys sail off into turn one. And it was just like that NASCAR race in New Hampshire that year. Jesus. They sail yeah. off and on and they smashed up seven, eight cars, and it was a lot of cars. The whole field went off into one. And for us, our one of our Midwest guys, Austin Nason, was the first one to come out of that unscathed. Um, but you got Nassi, you got Butcher, you got Majeski, you got Pollard. Um Butcher obviously had his issues there. Um, but you have all those guys just sail it off in there and honestly just didn't know. Yeah. Um, and wrecked a lot of cars, which added to the storyline. So that makes it interesting. But uh, that was a whole parody. And at one point, Majeski got out of the car and he walked away. And they're like, oh, hang on, buddy. Come on back to the car. Which it's interesting in that series that you can get out of the car and still get back on the track. Yep. Which, I mean, of... it's not a bad thing either, I don't think. Especially no, when you no. probably get a driver, especially with a smaller crew that is working on that car. Yep. 
So most times when you look at racing, it's like a lot of the national touring guys. You get out, you're done. Serious. The window net comes down, that signifies you're done. But um, and if you if you haven't seen it, we posted a couple shorts as well. Um, go look at Butcher's car running around. No nose, no nothing. The radiator was literally ratchet strapped in the car. They dumped it full of water. Just let's see what we can do. Well, that um, was a comment that I even made too. Was like, you know, them two guys, they at least get out there to run laps just yep. because, you know, Butcher, if he gains his couple of laps back, which he had that flat tire early on in that race too, that put him a couple laps down. If yep. he runs those handful of laps ahead of Majeski and Majeski doesn't come back out, there's your championship right there. Yep. And they had no, they had no choice. And you could just see those guys were scrambling. You had a million guys helping on. Even at one point you could see, Obviously, Donnie Wilson had all his guys working on that car. Yeah, he had all three teams over on that car. Yep, he had all three teams working on that car. You got Majeski working, his crew working his car. And at one point, there was a guy standing with a Michael Hines sweatshirt on. Um, yep. Obviously, kind of with a little bit of their alliance from the from, previous uh, race. But, uh, Winchester. Yep, so you could see those guys jumped in there. It was like, it was kind of an all-hands-on-deck to try to get those cars back out yep. on the track. And uh, Majeski just prevailed with with Butcher ultimately blowing up that car. Yeah. So, um, you know one, we know one thing, the Wilson crew is going to change in tires. Yikes. Yeah. We never did hear anything out of that. We <laughs> no, never we, did hear anything out of that. No, we, we did not a cash but... reward if anybody had any, any tips. So if anybody's got any ideas, send them my way. Cause I can go for that. Quick, I think it put out like a five thousand dollar reward for. I, yeah, I think it was a thousand. A five, excuse me, five thousand for each truck. Yeah, yeah, that super late mile is a little lighter, little lighter than the hauler itself. But <laughs> uh, oh, no, I mean, God. I just to me, it was just it, it when you watched it live, it just felt obvious, and it was, it was, yeah, and it was, and I well, I even said it in the group chat, it's a rough way to end the year. Yeah, you want to end it on a high note. No other storylines other than the championship race and the race itself, and then you throw that in the mix. It just it's wasn't a great way to end the year. No, a little bit of a sour taste, almost kind of. Yeah, I mean, I just... you ex- like there were some things that happened during this during the year. That's like, okay, it's the first year they're gonna iron it out. They're gonna make adjustments in the off season, but this is just one of those that's that's. It's a race call. It's got nothing to do with the series or the cars or anything like that. It's that's a that's a call that the local guys on a Friday night make each and every time. Yeah, it's it's purely a race director call. Yep. Yeah. At least the payout to to start the race will cover the damages for a lot of those teams. Yeah, that's uh, and that's the other thing too is that look at how many of these guys have their own equipment and that's just it's look at how much got tore up. Right. I mean, you. I mean, you, that sets guys back six months. And then the ASA does. puts out that, pardon my French, that lame ass statement. They're checking into it. Just like, come on. I don't know what you guys got. I don't know what you guys got in the bank, but cut some checks because that is, like you guys said, you can see the, the drip mm-hmm. of the line. Oh, at the end of the day, it's like, at the end of the day, if you screwed up, admit it. Yep, we missed a call. You missed a call. We were we were we were looking at the back of the pack. We missed him out there. We were checking on other cars in the field. 
if you make a mistake, Annie up to it and say, you know what? Honestly, we screwed up. We are we've already got something. We're evaluating we're, our implement. processes and yep. correct. Yep. If you screw up, admit it. But we're we're looking into it. It doesn't give you that warm, fuzzy feeling, unfortunately. No. So and it's a damn yeah. shame too. Yeah, you smashed up a lot of good race cars and you talk about Pollard and Nassie and Butcher and Majeski and all those guys that were up front. Um, you had a good championship battle going, at you, and it's and you don't want it to end that way. Battle, you had a good race going too. Yep, you had yep. a good you had a good battle going up there at the front. So it was not only was the race. I mean, you had some guys that were just battling away at it to try to just win the race itself. So yeah, kind of a tough way to finish up the season, but. You live and you learn, as they would say. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at some stats here uh, from this year. Actually, these are pretty not updated stats, if I'm going to be honest, because these are as of September 13th, 17th. Um, I'm surprised, and I guess it because the last two races didn't get put into there, of how close it ended up being for a championship. Because, I mean, Majeski had three wins, at least as of this, this uh, update. Uh, yeah. Butcher had two fast time qualifiers. Majeski led a ton more laps, completed a ton more laps. Actually, fun fact nobody will complete all the laps this year that was run. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's just statistic like that. Giro is yeah. Giro, at least, like I said, as of September 17th on these stats. Let has completed had completed most laps, which was at 1,745, and the total laps run at that point was 1,750. So he had missed five laps. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. But it, the, but that tells you what he was able to do those last couple of races to close the gap up, right? Was that Butcher that was complaining on the radio when they went to WIR that? Wasn't he complaining that this is they set this up for these Midwest guys? He couldn't figure out turns one that bump. Yes. Yep. That was at yeah. WIR. Because at one point Carlos was quicker than him, and he said, "If Carlos is quicker than me, he goes, you know, this is set up for the Midwest guys." Which is BS. It's they knew going into it what it was. You could say Correct. same. You know, the Midwest guys could say the same thing about going to any of them Southern tracks. North Wilkesboro. You got to show up wherever you're at. Everybody knew the schedule. Yeah, right. Then that's on you to go run there. Yep. Prior to. Sure. Midwest guys have a lot more experience with it because of the model laps that they've turned there. But that same thing goes when those guys go to Winchester or they go to Nashville or something like that, where you know, Busher maybe has more laps. Five flags. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Berlin, you know, any of those type of places. Yeah. It's like, yeah, everybody knew the schedule. You could have come run a, a weekly race here whenever you wanted to. Yep. So, Dick, you weren't a fan of that common fan girl. What's that? I did get you weren't a fan of that common. Oh, well, it's just come on, man. <laughs> the gates are open weekly, he says. Hey, yeah, exactly. Come on <laughs> up. I, we would love to have your race with us. And we'll if we'll support it for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Give us, give us, tell us the weekend before you're coming up. We'll be there. Yep. It'll draw Absolutely. a crowd. Yep. And Absolutely. It, it helps our short tracks. Yep. Absolutely. And the same could be said for going south. Same goes. Well, for look at how many guys are going down. I mean, given it, it's a big race, but look at how many guys are going down for Big League. Yeah. Well, that and the Freedom Factory, I think it's going to be a pretty cool deal. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's going to be a good one. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Big League's going to be pretty cool. So that kind of wraps up what was kind of an interesting, to say the least, ASA Stars National Tour. Uh, um, one thing to touch on real quick. William Swatch won the race. There was an actual race around this whole deal. <laughs> yeah, I true. Uh, uh, William Swatch won. Derek Thorne running old Paulie Schaefer's car. I think them two have got something good going on. He ended yeah. up second. Michael House was third. Austin Nason, like he said, one of the first guys to kind of squeak through that whole thing. He was fourth. Ran good there last year before he bl- almost blew the car over. And then Willie Allen, who was your fast timer, uh, finished fifth. So, yeah, we did. We did. We did finish the race. There were cars that didn't finish. So <laughs> we could touch on that too. Um, but no, again, the racing was good up until the wreck. Yeah. Um, I think it just added a lot of parody to the like field. Like you said, it put a sour taste in your mouth. A little bit, yeah. So, Guys, I'm going to just throw us out there. Gas man's got to go take a leak. Super oh, hot today. So, um, be back in 30. I think we're two episodes in a row now at this. Um, So, let's go ahead and jump down to season finale for Cars Tour, both. Uh, late model stock and pro late models. So, um, kind of your overarching points with that you have the quapples sweeping the weekend. Um, two the, X, two X champs. Yep, yep. quapple two X is on that whole deal there. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at it with at least on the pro late metal side, um, Caden was going to be all right, especially with the suspension for heading there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, he just had to keep himself out of trouble and, and he was going to be just fine. So it was kind of um, the same with Carson too. He had to just kind of stay out of trouble and, you know, and that's the second year in a row for that 96 team to win the pro late model tour. Yep. So, um, last year was Luke Fenhouse from Wausau up by us. And then Quapple, um, Winning that pro late model tour for the 96, I believe that's is that Highland Motorsports, I believe they call it. I believe so. I believe it's Highland Motorsports, but uh thought it was he, Parker Klingerman. Yeah. Uh, but that 96 wins that uh wins that tour, and then you have um obviously Carson. late model stocks, so kind of your next step up for them, Carson. Carson Quapple takes that one. That wins his second championship with them as well. So um, not really any crazy storylines with that other than just a good race again. Yeah. Butterbean Queen ends the year off strong. He had a really good car for that race. He he damn near dominated the race. Bobby McCarty got in the mix a little bit, but but Butterbean Queen went out on the year with a bang and is making himself a contender for next year, early contender for next year. Yep. They had, they uh, also changed the rear end in that race car as well. Yep. Right before qualifying. So they, he broke an axle in practice and they were hesitant on what was good or not. So they found a new rear end and they tossed the rear end in that thing and 
whatever they did. It paid that, off. That baby was lights out. Yep. Um, so that kind of wraps up um, your Cars Tour Championship for the year as well. So let's go ahead and we'll hop over. Um, we'll go, we'll kind of go from the bottom to the top, um, for your NASCAR top three series championship weekend. So we'll start with the trucks. Um, boy, oh boy, that was a race to watch. Um, so Ben Rhodes, uh, Ben Rhodes gets it done again, obviously gives the people some great entertainment value after winning that bad boy again. Um, we're two for two on the interviews with that guy. Um, <laughs> just uh, the entertainment value on that is so awesome. Just yeah. to watch that. Yep. Um, Christian Eckes. Who picked Rhodes to win the championship out of us three? I had Enfinger. Oh, man. Did we put it in the content tab? Yeah, you picked him to win it. Okay, just thought we'd clear the air on that. Typical. Got nothing good to say, but then he shows up when he's got that that going for him. So welcome back to the podcast, I suppose. Uh, don't worry about the last discussion. I'm here yeah, for this. Stop. But uh, Christian Eckert wins the race. Um, he gets it done in what was a wreck-filled race, to say the least. Um, and I think a, part of it is a product of that track i mean that apron the dog leg in the apron when you literally look at the pictures you have guys running is it 12 wide it feels like eight wide yeah it is eight wide going into three it's like or well technically one now but it's like i just saw that and i think freddie Kraft they're talking about that on twitter and so i posted a picture of that and it says how do you spot it and his reply was something like everywhere yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you eat? Middle of eight. Four yeah. of eight. Five of eight. You're Haley on the top. Deegan, Haley Deegan posted the picture. Um, and you can just see the as the as they come across the start finish line, they're all fanned out. And, you just and she asked what somebody somebody commented, uh, good luck too. Yeah. Um, that was another spotter that said good luck, but hold a straight wheel. Um yeah. Yep. Yeah, no that that, but that I think a lot of, of bad that got a lot of bad feedback there. Yeah, uh, from around the racing world on Friday night, there wasn't yeah. a whole lot of positive talk about um, all those restarts. The way the way that series was racing each other, um, all the championship contenders were racing each other. Yeah, just. Um, that was my next not, point. Not a lot of positives came out of that on Friday night. No, and then you kind of look at that, and I that was going to be my next top point here, which kind of transitioned well is the I am versus Hoss of our debate. Um, obviously, Hoss of our gets into Heim, spins him around, comes out with no damage. Uh, Heim, can you see he retaliated? Probably. Oh, yeah. Ran him off the track, pinched him off. Paul Savar's done. Heim carries on. Um, but I just think one of the storylines I think is as you watch that race, you can see the in car from Paul Savar, and it's he was beating himself up. 
um, on the video, and I, I'm not. I'm just. I'm really not sold. I I am, but it's also like I saw a comment from somebody. It was there was too many of those instances this year from Hosevar. It's all. It's just where do you learn? Like at what moment do you learn? Correct type of thing. Correct. So I just not really puts on a show, but he he knows that there's an in car. I know. I'm just gonna tell you right now. He better learn pretty quick because come February, he does that once. Good there's luck. no room for error in that series when he goes to the Cup Series. Good luck, my friend. Yep, best of luck. There is no room for, oh, shoot, I made a mistake. Yeah. Do that with Denny Hamlin. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you Denny can't do that with Happy Harvick anymore. He would he would have gotten all up in your grill on that one. Yeah. Whether Denny it's waste, grabbing Denny by his collar like Biffle or. <laughs> yep. Denny will oh. race you, race you the same way that you raced him in lap and race one. He'll race you this, pay you back for that and race thirty six. So, yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, quite I, I guess I don't know. I, I didn't buy it at all. The whole, you know, in car cam, you know, yeah. yeah, whatever. I, you're putting on a show and whatever. Don't show like, it. it was, the other thing too is like a lot of people saying, oh, they're young and they're trying to learn. It's like. Okay, but what did you learn in go karts and racing supers elsewhere, racing quarter midgets on dirt? Like where, where did, where did everything that you learned to get to that point just it it was gone? Even then, well, and I don't know how your guys' job works, but jobs in the real world, like hey, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me, or what is it? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like in the real world, like jobs, like you keep you keep screwing up at your job. Eventually, you're gonna have a pretty harsh conversation with your boss that says, "Hey, get it right, or I will find somebody that will get it right." Look at Ross. Look at Chastain. He maybe had that little bit of a sit down conversation. Look at what happened the rest of the year. And it's like for Hosvar, like you guys said, like it's it seems like every week or every time that the truck series is on there, he's got himself in an incident that is it's a my bad incident. And it's like, how many my bads can you give him before it's like, dude, I'm done with this kid. But I think in Van Gogh, you had a good point. I think all the stuff you learn in racing, whether whatever series it is or whatever vehicle it is, at what point do you learn? I I agree. But in the same sense, that wasn't his first truck race. Yeah, he knows the arrow of those trucks. It it was his second, what second or third full season. Second for sure. But I'm just saying, like that's yeah, yeah. the most surprise. He's it's not a new track and it's not a new set of wheels. He's jumping in like yeah. It's I like, get it. Like, I get it. You're running for a championship, and you got to get every yeah. every single inch you can. I do that part. I get. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to bash Holzfar either. I mean, I said it no. when I was watching the race. With my grandpa, like Majeski, the one race, the one wreck that he was in. I blatantly says, like, oh, he threw a bad block. Yep. For sure. And it's just it's 
there were so many guilty parties in that race and everybody was watching it obviously and it just <laughs> it was a bad look for everybody I mean, yep. they even said in the driver's meeting on Sunday, it's like, we all saw what happened on Friday. We all saw what happened on Saturday. Let's have yeah, a race that was more like Saturday than on Friday. Let's not make it that. Yep. Yeah. So, so when you get the NASCAR officials saying that, mm-hmm. that's not a good look. No. Unfortunately. Quick. quick. Quick question. Love hitting you guys with these quick questions mid-topic. You guys good with Phoenix being the championship track? Yep. Maybe that should be an off-season debate. I'm going to give you my short answer. Hey, yeah. Here's what we should do now that my this big brain's working. We should uh, one episode this off-season, we should get this, the, the schedule and all three of us make our own schedule and bring it back. There you go. I'm good with that. I'm going to put that in the, like your episodes tab here, just kind of in the middle so we can make it, we can fall it in at some point in time. We'll take the 2024 tracks that NASCAR has laid out, but you get to make your own schedule. Sure. Yep. I'm in. But yeah, I, I was quick. Random question. You sure. guys like, you like Phoenix at the, at the championship? Short answer. Yes. Yep. Same. I do. So absolutely. I kind of, wraps up kind of our truck conversation i think um i haven't looked at it yet and that's shame on me but um nascar handed out a penalty to heim um to finish i saw it it was i think it was 12 i think it was 12 5 uh penalty fine and then 25 driver points okay is i believe what it was there was a fine in driver points is what it ended up being right so there's your there's your uh, <laughs> oh boy there's your follow-up on on that race as well. So Ben Rhodes is your champ. If you haven't seen the interviews from his two titles, that is much watch TV for take a half an hour and watch those two interviews. Uh, he ran out of champagne. He was dumping champagne in a boot. They were drinking from a boot. He was – interview is just – it's comedy. You want a good laugh, go listen to that guy. Side note, just because I came across this uh, – <laughs> Funny, no off season. Uh, NASCAR is having a test at Phoenix on December 5th and 6th. They will be testing various underbody and transaxles uh, during this test. It's two cars per manufacturer, uh, one chosen by manufacturer, one chosen by NASCAR to run that test. Interesting. Well, right. again, another development. So that helps as well. Uh, so, yes, it was twelve. It was twelve point five k, and then twenty five points for hype. Okay, can confirm. Yep. So here's your penalty that NASCAR felt that that was more out of line than the rest of the scenarios of the night. So that kind of wraps that up. Um, let's go ahead and jump into Xfinity Series. Um, Cole Custer. Um, so we'll kind of you know, take the overarching Cole Custer's your Xfinity Series champ for 2023 and he will be back with that team in 2024 so have to think he would be an odds on early favorite to win the Xfinity series for next year um little little more respect than than friday night the boys kind of kind of raced a little better um 
still still a little carnage with that race um but cleaned her up a little bit you have to think that there's a conversation in the driver's meeting again with that one mm-hmm. um, prior to the guy strapping in uh, a little more respect with that um kind of going through that race but um kind of would would have been another f- championship contender all comes up short again you got a um, feel for the guy yeah i, I like i, I love all all is just he's one of he, the good guys yeah class act a veteran of the sport uh you just the guy the guy's got to get one man we got to get him one um and on that topic sorry to interrupt but all another reason you like feel for him it's like he's solid every year yes i didn't realize till was it the cutoff race at bristol that he won that he announced he just finally got a deal done with junior motorsports to be back. It's like, yep. come on. Like he said, I'm back again for one more year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think he's also, he's probably in that position where he is kind of feeling out as far as what he wants to. I mean, he's got the kids, he's got his family and he's a very, very family devoted guy to boot too. So I'm sure that's taken into consideration of like, you know, what's the family want? And it's like, if they're okay with one more year, then he'll go one more year. But I think for him, maybe it's a year to year thing for him. Maybe that's what he wants. Maybe it's, yeah. I'm going to take this a year at a time. And I would say for him where he's at right now, it probably is. It probably is the seven or retirement. Yeah. I, some part-time I, some part-time cup when a guy needs uh somebody to fill in type of thing he's got no problem yeah. doing that but runs it runs you know, a one-off here a one-off there for yeah. somebody got a, a just, all guys enjoying what he's doing yeah for sure having fun doing it that's the best part yep but again you got like i said you got to feel for the guy it's just you, you hope he gets one but also a very surprise in custer taking him i mean he was nobody's pick to win the championship Yep. We went all for not all for three there. Now we picked everybody but him between the three of us. Yep. So yeah. Um kind of another I would say uh post race storyline, I guess. Um would just be have to be well both race and post race, but you'd have to be um RCR keeps themselves in the news again with uh Greed and Hill, obviously, they're not, they will, they are no longer teammates now. Um, and we're waiting for that announcement mm. to come out. But, um, yeah, Hill, Hill, he raced them like a banshee there for quite, quite a while. Um, races them hard, comes out and says, That's how you race a teammate. You don't wreck them, you race them to race them. And, um, obviously, still struggling with the Martinsville thing a little bit. Mm. Um, but, yeah makes a point that says hi yeah so this is how this goes um but interesting kind of story but to kind of go along with that um looking on twitter you do see that it did come out that uh creed did have something break in that initial contact at martinsville so they came on and said that he had issues and that um petrie as well had made some comments that he had said Yes, he was broke, and that was the root of the melee and yep. 
what RCR had going on last week. So, um, yes, that kind of clears on the air. There's really been nothing officially stated. I mean, they're, they're, they're parting ways. So it's, I don't know that there really needs to be a statement on it. Um, whether that's communicated between those two, the teams, how that goes. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's such an interesting dynamic because they are just, they're not together as teammates anymore. Yeah. Doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of communication there either because Hill said after Phoenix, he said, Yeah, me and Creed still haven't talked. So Right. You know, it's like the the whole didn't I say last week, let's have a you know, let's sit down by the fire and just have a nice conversation. Like yeah. let's talk like, it out. Yeah, let's talk it out. Like life advice one oh one. Like if you got a problem, address it. Like it's only yep. gonna get worse if you keep putting it off and let it stew, but yep. I will I will give props. Well, first off, Cam, that kind of explains your discussion last week about kind of the break check thing. Maybe that that broken part maybe had something to do with that. Um, so again, it kind of clears the air up as far as what happened there. But I will give kudos to Petrie, him coming out publicly and saying that I jumped the I crossed the line, didn't know the full picture. I, I was letting the emotions take over and he apologized. So I give Petrie kudos for that. True, very true. So I give RCR kudos to sticking to his guns. Which he has been very well known to uh, stick with his guns, both figuratively and literally, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, (laughs) yeah. 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 But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is these guys are going to be on the racetrack together again for, What is it, 32 races they run or 31 races or whatever? I think it's 32 Xfinity runs. And it's going to be awesome next year. Oh, yeah. So one of the things that I've heard, I've seen come up, and I just, you know, I'm going to throw a quick question at you guys here. Uh, I've heard, I've seen multiple people say that the Xfinity week in and week out puts on maybe the best racing Uh amongst the three top series. Do you agree or disagree? Agree. I'd agree. I agree. The, right. cup, the cup car becomes hard to pass at certain points. So track position becomes king. I think there's you can there's more you can do with the Xfinity car, not only from a strategy standpoint, from I think from an adjustment standpoint that it can give you, if you hit it on adjustment, you can make track position where the cup car just does not do that anymore. So that's that's my reasoning behind saying yes. I would agree. Sure. I would say it's. I I don't know that I would go that far. Um, I definitely do. The Xfinity series definitely does put on good shows. Um, but I don't know. Some of those I think it's races, some of those cup races this past year were just insane. Yep, some were, some were. Yeah, and I I would say it, it, one thing that's nice about the Xfinity series is you get the that's I like that's like the weed out ground. Like, hey, we don't have truck guys that are in there doing dumb shit to make a yep. name for themselves. We got the next step up of guys that are going to race respectful, but they're also trying to race hard because they are on the cusp of a cup ride. So you got a good balance of, you know, for the most part, weed out 
the drivers that don't that are going to you know known for driving it in too hard consistently you know making those consistent errors like that you got just a good balance of guys that are respectful they're going to race hard and knowing hey the next step in my career is hopefully a cup ride so um i think that's also an added perk to that series but yeah i don't know um it definitely does put on a damn good product but you know some of those cup races this past year have been wild and i would agree i think uh I think, yeah, there's definitely weekends where the cup definitely puts on the race of the weekend. There's maybe some great weekends where the truck puts on the race of the weekend, but I would halfway agree that Xfinity is consistent with the racing that they put out. There's fewer highs and lows. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you tune into the Xfinity race, you're going to get a good race out of it. It's not very often you get a poor race out of it. Yeah, I would agree. Hey, that another topic just popped in my mind. If you want to put something on the content tab, maybe a uh, uh, off season would be uh, we all we all bring our our top three races of the twenty twenty three season. Yeah, we can do that for sure. I'll put that in here. Highlight some of our. I guess it'd be kind of hard knowing there's trucks, Xfinity Cup, and then how we're going to differentiate dirt but would be an idea just going in there but yeah I, I think to, to your guys point too I, the Xfinity series is more consistent there you know when you get some of these cup races and these guys can't pass it's just like it's all it's all track position yep we're just taking off laps like hey yeah Got to got to hit it on the pit stop or the strategy. Um, whereas, like you guys have mentioned, the Xfinity series, a slight adjustment this Saturday, I think, like you can make some ground. So, yep, for sure. I honestly and hate me for this comment or not, I do like that the Xfinity still has the five lug wheel. I don't know why. I, I don't know why that's my bugaboo, but I well, do like that. Well, let's ask her tire changer. Hey, I mean, it adds to the challenge of the pit stop. Makes the pit stop important. Still, you gotta hit. You gotta hit every single nut on there. Yep. Um, I do like it. I just for whatever reason, I don't know why. I just I do enjoy that that five log. I personally still enjoy Cup guys going down, but that's also my opinion too. Oh and that could be a whole nother discussion in its own right. Yikes. But <laughs> no, yeah, I again it's I don't know why. I just that's my thing is I just I love those pit stops for some reason. That's yeah, yep. I find enjoyment in that. But um yeah, so that's kind of a wrap on your on your two series outside of the big dogs for the weekend. So let's let's jump into cup finale. Phoenix Raceway, we crowned champion. Um, we weren't going to talk about this race, but we kind of got roped into having to do this by default. So here we are. Uh, we'll have this wrapped up in two minutes um, as we go <laughs> forward. But no. Um, yeah, we're going to roll right through this one. Blaney won it, um, and then we'll go into our race previews. But <laughs> but no. Uh, That's all I needed Blaney. out of it. That's all <laughs> yep. I needed. Yeah. Um, 
kind of a, a, a couple, you know, and we talk about the racing, um, especially the weekend we had. It, it, it gets to be very interesting because you look at it, and this race had a lot of long green flag runs. Yes, it did. It had a lot of runs where the tire fall off was where you were putting your pit stops became more and more important. Um, so, and especially that pretty... for that track position. Correct. Yeah. Again, the track position kind of reigned supreme again with this race is just being able to stay up front. Um, and, and we had posted that on our Twitter as well. You look at um, that, it, that graphic that they put out, the clean air, that was. Yep. So I everything. put that out there on probably would have been Monday. Uh, Auto racing analytics. Great follow if you want some good information out of that as well. Highly recommend. Um, they put out if the final 50 laps at Phoenix were based on fourth quarter median lap. So it's the, all their laps. So those 50 laps go straight in the middle. That's what their lap they would gone off of. Uh, this graph is roughly where the top 15 would have finished. So Blaney's at the start finish line. We'll get a little more center here. Then you got Harvick, Larson, Truex, and Chastain is your top five. So yeah, there you go. That is that is track well, fresh air and track position both at the same time. Yeah. One a product of the other. Um kind of reign supreme. But within your championship four, you had a storyline early, obviously, with Christopher Bell having a break explosion, if you want to put it that way. No, uh, I it's literally it was what it was. And that track has done that in the past too. Yeah, where he in I'll give the guy kudos. He did what he could to get that thing up to the wall to soften the blow. Like yeah. that could have been a sail it off in there and it head straight for the wall, like a Pocono style rack. Yep. Um, but he did what he could to get it up to the fence to salvage it. salvage what he could with that car. But um, so kind of not self eliminated, but part failure eliminates Bell. You don't, from, you don't want to see a championship end that way or a championship right. hunt that way. And that's just one of those moments that you go, damn it. What do I do? There's nothing I could have done. Yep. So, um, bell bells out early. So it leaves you with three guys to, to get it done. Um, so kind of as we go back to the end of the race, I mean, when you look at it, um, Clean air was king, and ultimately we get down to the end. Blaney gets the job done. I mean, between between the four guys, we and we were kind of talking on this before. Between the four guys, you, there really wasn't anybody you didn't want to win the championship. No, oh. when you look at your four, it, you yep. it wasn't somebody that had a lot of controversy to go with it, or somebody that had made comments that you're like, yeah, I just don't want them to win the title. When you look at Byron and Larson and Blaney and Bell as well. They're all just. They all respected the hell out of each other. Yep, for sure. And you could even see that in a lot of those pre-race pressers that it was just, hey, we're going to go race our race. We're going to race clean. We're going to have Adder. May the best best man win. And we're going to, we're going to duke it out. in the most professional way we, we know how to do. So, um, pretty good end of the race. Blaney obviously takes the title, but. I think kind of one storyline with that is Chastain gets the job done. What do we hear from him? NASCAR. Not much. (laughs) 
Uh, I That's do a shame. Say, I, think, I, I a do shame. have to say, I think as much as he's done some stuff to you, like, yeesh, um, I do have to say, you win a cup race, I think there should have been a little more recognition to him. Give him his moment and then go talk to Blaney. I think that's – I think they did miss that a little bit there, that he should have gotten a little more recognition. And let's give him his moment. He's a cup winner again. Then we go championship celebration. Yep. So, I mean, you watch a lot. You watch the live broadcast, and he was like, no, he did a before they even got to him. Yeah, he was had his nowhere. watermelon smash and was had his watermelon already eaten by the time they got to him. You know, confetti popped and yeah, all that jazz. Which he dominated that race too. He led 157 laps of that race, so sure. it wasn't like he you know snuck in there to win it. I mean, he dominated that race. No, um, no, Blaney was so kind. He told him, "You're number one." <laughs> I loved his presser afterwards. Fucking right, I hit him on purpose. <laughs> yeah, but I but love Chastain too. Man, he he don't care. He he doesn't care what Blaney says. Yeah, he's gonna race him hard, right? And 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 rightfully so. Ross knew that the dirty air was gonna help him win that race, and he took his tool to advantage. He never he never hurt. Playing his chance to win the championship, he just did what he needed to do to win that race. Right, and that's a case that he definitely didn't rough him up to win the race. He just he ran his race. He needed to win the race because at the end of the day, to stay in the Cup Series, you got to win races to have a ride. Yep. And so I have no, I have no quarrels with Chastain at all on how that race p- played out. Absolutely not. No, I would agree. I'm, I'm good with that. No, yeah, that was some good, good race in there. <laughs> and he's working his tail off to get to the back end of him, and then he yep. gets the dirty air. Can't get anywhere with it. Can't get anywhere. I did. I will say I did make a comment at one point in time, like, fucking Chastain's going to cost Blaney our, cha- our, our championship. But I think it was more or less <laughs> when they were side by side with each other. Because I was listening to the race. Um, yeah. And I... I I was a little irked about that, but watching some replays, it's like okay, yeah, it, and hearing storylines of the dirty year and all that, I'm like again, no quarrels with it whatsoever. I was yeah. hoping that that Chastain would make that thing as many lanes wide as he could, and then that would give Larson and Byron enough time to make it a four car race. That well, that's what I was worried about. Chastain, is that Larson and Byron are going to catch back up with them? Yeah, that Chastain would be driving out his rearview mirror yeah. for a couple laps, and that would give Blaney fits, which it did. He never did get around him, but that would give him enough time to slow them both down yeah. and get those Hendrick cars up there. But that was kind of surprising, too. Side note was just the, the Hendrick cars were strong, but just not championship strong. Byron led 95 laps, and that was early in the race. Yep. Larson didn't lead a single lap. In that race, but they were always there. They were always there. Yep, close, absolutely. But yeah, close. Larson, Larson definitely took advantage of the good pit stops, but just that car was not there when he needed it. Yeah, correct. And I think he said that at the end there too. That he said he knew his one shot was to get the lead on the restart there, and when he didn't get it, it was going to be. He knew it was an uphill battle. When uh when they had that late caution with thirty and thirty laps and change to go, I was worried 
just because I knew like the long run kind of kicked in at like 35, 38, 40 laps. Like that's when the long run kicked in. So I was, cause I knew, and I knew Blaney had a long run car. So I thought Larson had it. It was in his hands on that restart. Yep. And it's, yeah, whatever it was, it's just, whether it was a good adjustment by Blaney or just Larson didn't have the car, or I should say Jonathan Hassler, or, uh, or just Larson didn't have the car. It just, it Larson just was not able to pull it off. Right. Plain and simple. Right. But, um, kind okay. of, uh, sorry. One, one other random thought. Um, Larson was struggling early in the race. And I think it was his radio communication that they asked him what he needs to be faster and he just spit back on the radio either like something like go ask the engineers or talk to the engineers yeah i'm just driving the car like we and we've joked on this before that like larson can drive anything he gets behind the behind the wheel of but when you ask him hey larson well what do you need for an adjustment like Maybe not, quite, not quite his cup of tea. Well, and he's but. even come out and said that too. Is like I am not mechanically inclined by any means, but I know how to drive a race car. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was funny when he just said, you know, they asked him what he needs to get better. He said, "I don't know. Go talk to yep. the engineers or whatever." But yeah, no, it kind of kind of doubling back on on the the non storylines, I guess, are kind of the missed moments, but. They covered a little bit is Penske goes back to back. So pretty cool moment for them as well. Especially in a year where Ford wasn't very strong. If you'd have told me Ford was going to win a championship, I'd have said you're crazy. Yeah, midseason. Yeah, absolutely. I would have told you you were crazy. Yeah, I would have been surprised if they had a final four. I'd have been surprised if it had been anybody in the final four that wasn't a Chevy. Now I would have kept toy, I would have kept Truex in there. In the middle of the season, yeah, yeah. I definitely kept Truex in there. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you had told me Ford was gonna be a champ, I'd have said, uh uh-uh. oh, yeah. So Penske goes back to back, but then at yep. the end of the day, you have Ford sweep the weekend. Yep, Ford took all three with Rhodes, Custer, and Blaney. Yep, so good weekend for Ford. <laughs> talk about showing up at the big moments. Ford said, "Hello, we're here." Yep. Um, so that was actually a, Petsky had a really good year this year between winning the Indy 500, the Coke 600, and now the championship. He had a about, really good year. Talk about races to win. Those are three of them you, you want. Mm-hmm. Well, just think next year, Larson's going to win all of those. <laughs> and then just me one guy instead of one team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Little side note on that too. Uh, old John Menard was at the race and he looked like he had himself a hell of a time. Yeah. Uh, so even Blaney made a comment. He said, uh, John Menard is here today. We've got him, got him this championship. A guy that's put a lot into racing. He's been a committed lot, for years into racing between his IndyCar program that he had for several years and the sponsorship in IndyCar and, and the years he's been in NASCAR, even, you know, even outside of what Paul did, you know, sticking with Crafton for however many years he's been with Crafton and hopping 
uh, on with Blaney afterwards. He's putting a lot, a lot of money and a lot of effort into the, the racing scene and to get himself a cup championship, I'm sure was well worth it. Absolutely. That's, it's the pinnacle of the sport right there. Yep. And he finally got her done. Yep. Absolutely. So a question to him and Ard's employee, would you rather him put money into Blaney's race team and win a championship or give you a pay raise? Oh, put it in Blaney's team. hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Hey, because if Blaney's doing good, hey, if Blaney's doing good, the business is doing good. So I <laughs> earned my money that way. This, I guess this yeah. is true. Well, Cam, we have to admit it at the end of the day, he's spending that pay raise on racing stuff anyway. So they might as well just keep pumping the money in it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I like I said, I'm I I'm a little ashamed on the amount of money that I dropped on championship merch. It wasn't a pretty penny, but also look at the haul that I had from Cedar Lake weekend. Can you give us yeah. a ballpark or no? What's that? Can you give us a ballpark or uh, give me a hot minute here. I can take a look. We talking like 200, 300, 400. Oh, let's see here. Wow. I think it was three. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty confident it was three. <laughs> Jeez, dude. <laughs> well, and that's just that's just in the merch. That's not even including the diecast cars that I put in over this weekend. Well, just wait. He's well, got to celebrate this because this is the once and the once and only. I was gonna say, Kelly, you're goddamn say, right. It is. You might I mean, I'm sure as hell hoping for two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this ride for as long as I can. I was gonna say, Kelly, you might as well ball out because this is the only time it's gonna happen in your life. <laughs> you might as well ride the wave while you're high. Yep. Uh, so any, I mean, it's I guess no the, secret, at least amongst the three of us, that I uh, I spend a, quite a bit of money on the racing venture throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. So any kind of, what do you guys got for any kind of wrap up on any three of our NASCAR champs or championship races or any kind of follow ups on that as we kind of wrap up championship weekend? It just felt like it was a good year. Yeah. It's just, there, there was, yeah, it had its low points, obviously, but as far as just the overall year, it just felt like it was a good year. I would agree. A lot of different storylines. Um, yes. Whether it be manufacturers, teams. Um, we aren't talking tires there. We're talking about racing. <laughs> Oh, okay, saying it was it was a good year. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we All know right. that's what they run for tires, but don't, don't um, but also <laughs> turning the page and something that we kind of overlooked here, and I feel like it's worth mentioning. Harvick's done now. Yeah. He is. He was the longest tenured. Now we have Kyle Busch as your longest tenured Cup driver. Yeah. It. It's. A turn of the page, and it's just one of those like, man, that's that part of our our childhood is gone, gone forever. Yeah, that's it's like the Tom Brady leaving. Yeah, racing. Yeah, it's it's going to be a different feel with him in the booth next year. It's in 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say that he's gonna be good in the booth. I think he's I, gonna be, absolutely. I think absolutely. he's gonna be solid in the booth. And um, I would not be surprised if at some point in time down the line, whether it's five, 10, 15 years, just because I think Mike Joy is I love Mike Joy. I think he's great. He brings a lot of great insight and a lot of stories, but I know he's also say, probably looking for other adventures. I would not be surprised if Harvick takes the lead. No. I was going to say, don't you dare go talking that shit about Mike Joy. I love Mike Joy. I I'll love Mike you Joy. Through the screen. He's, the, he's awesome. I love him. He's going to Fox, right? Yes. You, think about this for a minute. We probably haven't, you probably haven't thought this far ahead. Harvick you could potentially Boyer. have in the booth Smoke, Boyer, and Harvick. I don't see Smoke getting in the booth, though. Not oh, no, him. sorry. We, yeah, as a guest, as maybe as a guest guy. <laughs> one off here, one off there. You got Yikes. those three knuckleheads in the booth. Yo, that Jeez. could get entertaining. Smoke makes a questionable comment every time he's in the booth. So. <laughs> yeah, so does Boyer. That's just one of those that Mike Boyer, Joy is just be you like, have to know, and we got to, we should keep track next year. You got to know Boyer's going to make a comment about drinking beer every uh, week. Absolutely, Boyer loves drinking, drinking, drinking word of the week. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but no, that that could be a wild dynamic. Yeah, that could be. So, but no, I I guess you know, like you guys said, um, you know kind of tying tying the whole season and kissing it goodbye for two months. Um actually almost three months. Um no I thought it was a really solid year across the board. Yeah. Um, honestly I don't feel like there's you know I don't feel like there's a ton of tracks that you look at it and it's like why are we going here type of thing? Why are we going here? Or, you know, this track really didn't put out a great product. Like I felt like from the short track to the mile and a half to the restrictor plates across the board, it was just dang good racing. And, you know, there's a few mile and a half there, you know, that we, you go through throughout the year that it kind of gets a little bit of a lull. Um, which I even think they were good. I think, I think, and I think it was well noted that short tracks are maybe tapered off a little bit, especially with this next gen car. Um, but I, it sounds like it's something that NASCAR is definitely well, well aware of it and trying to improve on. So I'm and looking. Think, yeah, and I think to that point, I think the Martinsville race was that was Exhibit A with the with the tire change or the yeah. new compound that they brought. It, it was a good step run. forward. It, it wasn't Martinsville of pile to the bottom and we're going to click laps yep. off on the bottom. It rubbered up and chattered tires and you had to move around and it made it interesting for the entire race. So And it didn't change the car. It just changed the tire. Correct. Yep. I would 100% agree. So I think I think they're on to something, especially with that. When you talk about short tracks, I think that's... Don't be surprised if we go to some of the short tracks next year and they say, oh, we're bringing a different tire because yep. they... They definitely hit on something with that Martinsville race as well. If they get Bristol back to kind of that two-lane Bristol that it was a handful of years ago. Oh, baby. Look out. We got 
We just got to figure out how to get those guys up on the top right away. Oh, that's that's what it's going to be. If yeah. that tire could work well up there, who boy. Oh, yeah. Talk about that putting Bristol wild. back up, really back on the map. Give it, it's always been on the map, but oofed. especially the spring race if they're go- when they're going back to Bristol in the spring. Right. Yeah, I'm actually really disappointed they're t- taking away the dirt. Get out of here. I I'm okay with them going away from Bristol on the dirt. I would like prefer them to go to a purposely built dirt track. Let's go to Talladega short track. <laughs> Let's go to Eldora. <laughs> Let's go to Lucas Oil. Let's go to Knoxville. I mean, we're you keep keep piling on here, bud. Let's go. Uh, I feel like I mean, because what's what's Charlotte? Three eighths mile. Three eighths. What's the there is a half mile dirt somewhere. What one is that? Well, a half mile. Look, Eldora's a half mile. Is it? Yeah, if you're gonna put on a dirt race, it's gotta be like you can't tell me that Tony also wouldn't mind having it there. Damn. Well, no, let's go to Tony would be all in. Let's go to Kokomo or Fairbury instead. Oh my gosh. (laughs) A little eighth mile, quarter mile boring. Let's jam 36 of them. Yikes. Peter takes the green in the back of the fields, halfway down the back stretch. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's severely not a a real situation, but dirt tracks. Could you imagine the NASCAR fans showing up to Fairbury? Yeah. Well, okay. Again, I go back to Eldora. It's a half mile track. We tried a half mile at Bristol. Does it That's my big even... argument. I think if you're going to do dirt, you got to do it on a purpose built dirt track. Correct. I would agree. I would 100% agree. Do any of these tracks, Eldora has got to be Eldora or Knoxville, which I do not like the idea of Knoxville at all. Um, no. From a revenue standpoint, I just. The seating, putting asses in seats. Eldora. That's the old. That's the biggest that you can find that's gonna hold. Yeah. You know. And I've never been there to know like what the like exteriors look like. Because I mean, Dell's, they and Callan, I think you can attest to this that they bring in the the extra bleachers for the Dell's for the classic because they know they might get a few more people in. Yep. Who's to say they bring in a temporary grandstand for Eldora just because of the NASCAR traffic that would be coming in? Could you imagine that storyline? Yeah, I think Eldora actually be awesome. Again, you're getting more sold and sold on this, aren't you? Yeah, I, I mean, I again, I obviously you guys know I love dirt racing, but um, I was kind of joking about disappointed they weren't going back to Brist Dirt yeah. at Bristol because. That was the fun kind of war. It just, it wasn't a great product. Like they were kudos to NASCAR for putting themselves out there and trying it and trying to do it. But when you watch a Lucas oil race and then you flip on a NASCAR race on dirt, it's just like, what it are feels we? slow. Yeah. It's just like, what are we doing? Here, here's another thought. You get about two laps of them guys actually, you know, trying to rip the cushion. Yeah. And the, pretty soon the cushion's too far up to the wall, and then it's like, all right, yeah, it's rubbered up. Let's drive it like we're 
driving Bristol concrete. Like it just, it's not dirt racing, I guess, is the moral of the story. They tried. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. But when you start watching like the Lucas Oil, the World Outlaws late models, it's just like, okay. Yeah. You know what? What do we do? What Tony Stewart needs to do, and this was back in his driving days. You got to go back to the preload to the yes, dream. I was just gonna bring that up. I was just gonna bring that up. You got you got Absolutely. the dirt. You got the you got all of the cup guys racing all of the dirt guys' backup cars, and they're all they're all schemed out just like their cup cars. Yes. And then they all go try to run this show, and you got Kenseth and Harvick and Edwards and Smoke and all these old they guys. Guarded just everybody, just yes, ripping these dirt late models, and they have. Absolutely, some of them have not a clue what they're doing. <laughs> all star race, all star race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. race is the prelude to the dream. At absolutely, absolutely. I am on board with that. I would buy a ticket for that for sure. I'd buy a, I'd buy a pay per view. <laughs> Screw the pay per view, I'm going <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah, no, I just that one popped my head. Let's go back to the prelude, yes, um, but no. So, kind of wrapping up, Cup, any final thoughts as we kind of look ahead to race preview for the weekend? No. Again, great year. Going to be uh, going in my state of depression here shortly with uh, the lack of racing that's going on, but already looking forward to next year. Yeah. Um, again, awesome, awesome year from Cup Series. Um, well, from all NASCAR series, um, awesome year. Um, enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And like you said, we only got to go about a month here because then we're going to the dome in December, mid December. So we got to go about a month here. And then we got chili bowl in the beginning of January and snowball derby on in December as well. And yeah, so we're, we're not. You know, we'll get our fixes here and there. Well, we're yeah, but no, um, and kind of honestly wrapping up, you know, championship season and, and across the board, I think just awesome racing. So, um, yeah, uh, we obviously kind of get onto the to the potting podcasting a little bit late in the, in the racing season so um honestly i'm just looking forward to getting back and in, uh, into racing season and not only that but us being along for the entirety of it so um yeah. full season all the storylines yep. all i mean storylines so all the time we were talking about uh so it, kind of a little a peek ahead to next year. So we've been putting together a compiled schedule, a race schedule for the year. As of right now, so I'm looking at this, we have 196 races on the schedule already for next year. And we're still waiting on Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil, World of Outlaws, other soup like asphalt late model stuff. We're waiting for Stars Tour. We're waiting for Lucas Oil. We're waiting for both World of Outlaws. We're waiting for Alive for Five. Cars Tour. Cars. We're waiting for Southern Super Series. So we. This thing's going to be packed. We're going to dabble with it all. There's no doubt about it. So I just thought about the team. Like, damn, I should look and see. 
the top line is all of our filters. And from there on out, we've got, yeah, we've got 196 races on the schedule already. So yeah, that's we're not, uh, quite, not quite filtering properly, but I know I, yeah, we just got to reset it, which that's, that's easy to do. So, um, so let's go ahead and jump in. We do have one kind of one race preview for the weekend. Um, as we look ahead to, what will be Castro Flow Racing Night in America? That will be November tenth and eleventh. They will be at Sonoya, Georgia. Um, two nights. The second night will be your third annual Peach State Classic. Um, so, looking at your points, uh, Bobby Pierce is your leader. Hudson O'Neill second, nine points back. Davenport third, eighty-seven back. RTJ eighty-eight back. So, um, O'Neill still in the conversation, obviously to to sneak his way in there for that title. Um, but they will wrap up the Kestrel season title um, for this weekend. There, so kind of one interesting one. And I just checked the schedule. Hunt the front is not scheduled to be there, which I'm kind of surprised. So that's uh, and who knows? Maybe they'll hop in there yet. That they could decide on Thursday or Friday afternoon to run over there because that's in their neighborhood. But uh, kind of the last big one for Dirt Supers for the year. Then we're off until uh, Wild West shootout in January. So that's kind of our race preview for the weekend. We got got Dome here coming up in a month. So you got another Hunt the Front race. I love this track name. Duck River Raceway. (laughs) I yep. love that name. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got a couple XR supers, and then yeah, the dome, which we have not, do not have that in our schedule. We got to put that in there. I got it on my desk calendar, so I I know what it is. We just haven't quite plugged it in there yet. Kind gotcha. of a late late entry, but we'll cover that one as well. So, and not only not only is Hunt the Front at Duck River Raceway, but the race name, the Gobbler. <laughs> what a what a race oh man that's awesome but hey though um early december i didn't even realize that but some xr super series though they put on some big pain races that have put on some good shows already this year too so yeah looking at this we don't we don't quite gotta go too long without racing yeah. um before we get um, fix. So I'm assuming this is also their championship weekend for that as well. So I mean you got the championship battle yep. between Pearson and O'Neill. I don't know how the point system plays out. So I don't know if Davenport and RTJ are in the mix at all. I don't I don't believe so. 80 points is a lot in two nights. Sure. So I would have to say it's gonna be between those two to duke it out for that title as well. So I mean chili bowl. Jeez, dude. We're gonna we're gonna go live for a couple of those chili bowl days. I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. Get up, sit in the chair. The snow is falling. You got a hot cup of coffee, and you're gonna watch racing for twelve straight hours. Maybe some Bailey's. That too. <laughs> well, that's Saturday. Saturday's big day. Yep, that's the big payday. So, that's kind of our this weekend's preview. We're going to do, this is a, a, the first one 
for our off-season discussion. And God, am I fired up. I've been working on this already. I am fired up for this one. I'm I'm excited. We are going to go ahead and first off-season topic is going to be your top 10 paint schemes of any race car of any series. So um, you're going to see live reactions on this whole deal. We're, I've got seven of my 10 picked already. Um, it's going to be like a live reveal on your top 10 uh, paint scheme. So there's going to be some tough decisions to make when you got to come up with 10. I think, uh, I think after that, after we put it out there, I'll see if I can put something together as far as like our paint schemes and then put it out and let, have everybody else talk about this too. But if you've got a paint scheme that you feel like should be taken into consideration, definitely put a comment on this video and we'll, uh, you oh, know, yeah. we'll definitely look at it. We want to hear what everybody thinks is a, a great paint scheme to boot. And again, this is anything. So this goes from, from NASCAR to anybody on the dirt scene to super late models on the asphalt. Hell, if you got a gold card at your local racetrack that you think is just absolutely slick, go for it. And we love pictures. We'll we'll try and post any pictures that we get out there too. Yeah, drop the media. I think we'll put, you know, I think, Kel, you can maybe put something on the Insta. We'll put something on Twitter, too, or just drop your favorite paint schemes. and Drop them or sh- shoot them in DMs as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Get those in there, and we can uh, see what we can we can Maybe do get a, a, a fan top 10 compiled yeah, together, yeah. too. Yep, do, a, do the three of us. We can compile a fan top 10 of your top 10 paint schemes of whatever it is of all time. All yeah. time your time, whatever you want to consider it. So I've been doing my research. Um, I'm going to tease it a little bit. Mine might potentially be a little bit of a fact and a history lesson. All right. I didn't go with just paint schemes. I, I jammed some statistics in there as well. Sure. I, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of mine this weekend, but I'm also thinking of like style of car too. Yep. You know certain makes and models and stuff like that. So I'm I'm taking that into consideration for mine. Cam, what do you got? I'm uh, I'm already scrolling. Um, Good luck. I'm starting with some legends. A couple quick easy ones came to mind right off the bat. Um, Just remember, you only got ten though. Was, yeah, it, no, like no, I, I'm, say, I'm saying, like I'm going to start with drivers. Some sure. of my favorite drivers. Um, and go through their paint schemes. And I started one right off the bat, and I, yeah, bang. I thought of the first driver, and literally, I'm like, Where's that car? And so, already yep. got one. But, um, this is gonna be one of those that I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna be hurt inside a little bit with what's probably gonna be kept off of the list, you know? It, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's gonna be a good one that's i'm excited for that that's gonna be it'll be a, it'll be a, a lot yep. of review you'll get to see it firsthand and because i'm not telling you guys because i'm not inspiring anybody or anything i want to have the best top 10 so <laughs> well, well, again, this it. isn't a competition but i'm looking know, forward to but, this i know but uh it's gonna be fun. I just... We're gonna get some good discussion out of this. And like I said, it, you know, if any of you listen have got uh, a paint scheme that you feel like should be featured, you know, definitely drop that photo off you know in some way shape or form we'll try and bring it up if we can absolutely so any any final wrap-ups on what's been episode eight for the tuesday track talk 
It's going to be a busy off season. We'll keep it busy. That's for sure. We'll make it busy. So, uh, racing slowing down, but the podcast and racing content, we're just getting rolling. So, um, if you guys are going through withdrawals or racing like us, hey, join the podcast. We'll try to keep you keep Heck you guys yeah. entertained while we we go through this lull and this difficult time together. Um, <laughs> we'll get you your weekly dosage, but we'll do our damnest to to um, keep dropping racing in your life until till we get to uh, back into the swing of things in January with dirt and bang February we're already back into in in the nascar stuff so yeah i'm um, looking forward to some of these off-season topics and getting a little bit away from you know i feel like we've been in, in kind of a vicious cycle of race recap and race preview um so yeah i'm looking Next. forward to getting getting into some some off-season debates and um some different topics outside of you know strictly races but um true yeah. creator of it yeah yeah for sure i will say this though if you do have a short track that is still running go go visit them go check them out all like we always say go support your your local short tracks they always put on some fantastic racing good good entertainment for the family and the and all the drivers really appreciate seeing big crowds at their tracks too for sure so kind of as we go on on top of that if you guys think of any ideas that you want to debate or you got a good idea that you think we can uh can wrap an episode on um dm us as well you can always drop in the comments and that can create great conversation with other fans as well too so um as we wrap up as again always dropping ideas but um like comment subscribe get that subscription get the bell on you get the notifications and we're always putting stuff out midweek whether it be the community tab or shorts or other stuff when you got to get that little fill of you got to hear a super here and there. Um, we'll have those going out every every two or three days as well, so you kind of get a little bit of it. But, uh, hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate everybody jumping in and listening to these hot or not takes, depending on who they are. And uh, <laughs> we appreciate everybody, and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week.